So even if you fall in love with a name, don't adopt it if it can't be yours. People make this fundamental mistake time and time again. Firstly, not doing enough due diligence checks on a name before adopting it. Hello and welcome to Brandtuned, the only podcast on branding which includes related disciplines like intellectual property that are fundamental to growing a brand. I'm Shireen Smith, lawyer, brand strategist and curious business owner, keen to discover what moves the needle in branding. I recorded this audio a while back, but thought it would be appropriate to add it here today because I hear so many misconceptions around the brand name. Some of the problems stem from the fact that a name needs to do some of the heavy lifting in order to market the business. And yet, if it veers too much towards a description of the services, it just can't function as a trademark, as a name which effectively means that everyone else can also use the name. Effectively, therefore, people in that position are throwing their marketing spend down the drain as it benefits their competitors as much as themselves. I highlighted this in episode one when I mentioned Tesco's club card. Oscar Wilde's The Importance of Being Earnest says, it had always been a girlish dream of mine to love someone whose name was Ernest. There is something in that name that seems to inspire absolute confidence. Now, in this quote, Oscar Wilde captures the significance of names, how a name alone can lead to our having faith in a person called Ernest we subconsciously form an impression of the individual as someone serious in intent or purpose and sincere. From this, it's clear that a mere name evokes certain reactions and emotional responses. So bear this in mind when you're naming anything in your business. The name can give customers an idea or feeling about your business even before they've used your services. So, names are probably one of the most important choices you make in terms of your intellectual property rights as they kind of contain the value of your brand, if you like. They deserve serious attention. After all, The name is the first thing that comes out of your mouth every time you pitch. You know, you might be thinking, I'm just developing a desktop software or a mobile app, a financial advisory service. Who cares about the name? Well, as it happens, the market does care for the reasons I've just given. And... It's just simple psychology that you should bear in mind so that you can make good choices to protect your IP every time you manifest that IP 
in um, you know choices that you might make in your business. The way that names can protect your IP. Now, when they're when you're ready to launch your products or services, your IP, so to speak, using that word in the loosest sense as a shorthand way to denote your ideas, the body of knowledge and skills that you bring to the market. That's what I mean when I say IP in inverted commas. Then by giving your offering a good name, your identity will stand out and help you to build a business on strong foundations. That's the way to create what will become potentially one of the most valuable assets in your business. Be mindful of IP principles so that you create valuable intellectual property for yourself that's yours and will protect your market share and revenues. Names are an example par excellence where you have the possibility of benefiting your business or indeed damaging it. It's, as I already have said, a very important choice. There's a lot more to names than meets the eye. You know, if you think of all the successful brands like Zumba, they've got to where they are partly because they've got good names. So even if you fall in love with a name, don't adopt it if it can't be yours. People make this fundamental mistake time and time again. Firstly, not doing enough due diligence checks on a name before adopting it, or worse still, even deciding to go ahead anyway with a name, even if someone else has better rights to it. This is really a Wild West mentality, which may work for you if you have deep pockets to fight it out, should the other party object one day, or to buy them out if necessary. However, if you have lesser resources, then take fewer risks. A brand name which you develop your brand identity around is analogous to a plot of land on which you might build a house. The designs, logo and other identity creation work are the equivalent of buildings you might put on a plot of land. So the plot or the name is the important thing to focus on and the name is an intellectual property right similar to when you own a plot of land. Just like land, unless you have solid rights, solid foundations, and do proper checks before you develop that property, then you run risks. The risk of losing money, finding yourself on the wrong side of a dispute, needing to rebrand, all sorts of undesirable potential consequences. At the least, if you're using a name where you're risking a dispute down the line, set aside a budget in your accounts for litigation costs. Finding names in a hurry? Well, when you have an idea for a new business concept, What's the first thing you do? Not you, but us, everyone. 
probably pick a name, register a domain or company name, and move on to visual designs, a website maybe, print business cards, and then you're all set to go. Now, the need for a name is the overriding imperative because until you have one, you can't move forward with anything else. You can't communicate the new offering to the world. And therein lies the problem. Names, which are so important, are often chosen too quickly because people need to get on and promote what they you know, want to promote. So when choosing a name, the primary concern should be the legal dimension. Whether the name sounds cool or is catchy matters for sure. It matters hugely because names are so important as we've seen. However, these are nevertheless secondary considerations to whether the name is available for you to use and is legally effective. Legal effectiveness is a more, most important aspect of names because the objective of a name is to enable you to stand out and differentiate yourself from competitors. You know, your name should be unique to you. Nobody else should be able to use a similar name in your industry. Now, it must be one that competitors can't copy or adopt similar names to, and that means it mustn't describe your services because the law, in no country will the law let one individual in an industry monopolize a term that everyone else needs to use. Your brand name helps customers to find your products and services, so they should not confuse customers' competitors' offerings with yours. Therefore, it's essential that you have a name that differentiates your business. That means the name should be capable of functioning as a trademark. However perfect a name may be, if it belongs to someone else or can't function as a trademark, move on and find another because you're not going to be doing yourself any favours using that name. This statement about whether a name can function as a trademark isn't well understood. Distinctive rather than descriptive names. Now, a name can only function as a trademark if it's distinctive rather than descriptive. The widespread tendency to opt for names that say on the tin precisely what it is you do is the very opposite of what you should be doing when naming your business if you want to create valuable intellectual property. You need a name, not a description of your services. The thinking behind using generic names, you know, goes something like this. It's just so common. I've seen in forums, people are looking for a name and next thing you know, there's all sorts of descriptive names being suggested. But the thinking says something like this. You're launching a new podcast, for example. Podcast listeners only get two extremely short bits of text to aid them in determining whether the show is worth listening to. So your title and the name of the creator of the show. 
So you reckon that you should choose a generic name so that listeners can see that your show is on the topic that they're interested in. So if, if you search in iTunes for a show about internet marketing, you might then be more likely to subscribe to a podcast named Internet Marketing Show than if it were called Biz Dominate. So that's how the thinking goes. True, it's possible that if I was looking for internet marketing, then the internet marketing show may appeal more to me than um, exactly, because it's exactly what I'm searching for. Biz Dominate could potentially cover just about any business topic. So maybe I may not want to listen to that. If I'm specifically looking about on internet marketing, but on the other hand, I may actually be quite curious and look. So it doesn't necessarily follow that if it's not descriptive, that people aren't going to go there. Look at it in this way. It, you know, looking at it like that, it makes sense to choose generic names. But actually, it's not a good approach to naming because there could be dozens of other shows with similar names like Internet Marketing Today or Internet Marketing Tactics or Internet Marketing Something or Other. And by choosing a generic name, you're actually making yourself invisible and easily confusable with competitors who may offer similar shows. You know, assume that you're hugely successful and people tell each other about your show and they want to go find it. Now, they may end up finding someone else's show rather than yours because you've got such a samey name. Competing shows will therefore be able to ride off the back of your huge success and there will be very little you can do to stop them. So my advice is this, on the whole, don't be afraid to choose a name rather than a description, even if it does need further explanation to communicate what your show is all about or what your product or brand or business is all about. Names intrigue people and the potential listener may well get a sense of what your show is all about even though they may not actually know precisely what topic it covers. And that curiosity may be all you need because podcast listeners are, you know, a fickle bunch. They'll try things. They won't necessarily go back to the same thing. I mean, my forthcoming podcast is called Legally Branded. It will cover intellectual property subjects like trademarks, copyright, patents, confidentiality, brand building on social media, how to build a valuable business, and all sorts of similar topics. Now, people don't know all I'm going to cover when they see the name. But even if the name intellectual property would be closer to describing what the show will actually be about, it's not necessary for me to only focus on names that include the words intellectual property within them. Because 
for a start, I don't feel the need to describe what I do. And hopefully people will get a sense that it's got legally branded, has got something to do with branding and law. Now it's a good name because it's trademarked, but on the other hand, it does give a sense of what it's all about. And so even if listeners um, are just looking for intellectual property podcasts, they might just stop by to listen because the name might intrigue them. So I would urge you to not take the easy way out initially, just to make it easier at the beginning for searchers to find you in the early days when you're unknown and are desperate to be found. In fact, adopt a different attitude. You know, in business, we have to assume that we're going to be successful. So think big and assume that you're going to be wildly successful. So worry more about protecting your distinctiveness so that potential listeners aren't confused by other similarly com uh, named competitors when they hear about your amazing show and look for you. That's what you should be worrying about. Don't be tempted to take the easy way out unless all you're doing is gorging interest for a new concept. In that case, be ready to use a proper um, name once you've decided the concept will work and you want to proceed with it. And then, you know, go ahead with the new name, with the proper name. But successful brands become memorable precisely because they don't have names that describe their business activities. For example, Microsoft, Galaxy, Google, Apple computers, and so on. If Larry Page and Sergey Brin had decided to call themselves search engine, how distinctive would they be today? Well, actually, they would have rebranded. There's no way they would have stayed with a name like that. But why saddle yourself with a name that you're going to have to rebrand away from if you succeed, instead of just setting yourself up as you mean to go on? When you use a descriptive name, you can't stop competitors also describing what they do in similar ways. To have exclusivity over a name it needs to be a name that can be uniquely yours, otherwise you risk becoming generic. In conclusion, a descriptive name, which would be, for example, if Google had called itself search engine, has a very short-term benefit. Longer term, the effect of using such a name is to make it really easy for competitors to ride off the back of your success and get a slice of your market, to benefit from your marketing and advertising and success. Because a descriptive name isn't capable of functioning as a trademark, using one means that you can't stand out and be unique and different. You effectively reduce the barriers to entry and make it easy for your competitors to compete with you by using a similar name. So why register a trademark? Now, those businesses that 
managed to hang in there and actually reach the end game and become the big businesses of tomorrow, the stars, the bankable propositions, build value in their brands with each passing year. So basically, uh, trademark registration is the way that you secure your rights in a name and why not do it straight away? As you go from strength to strength, your brand grows in value and one of the worst possible scenarios after you've invested so heavily in your business would be for your brand to be taken away from you or for your customers to be diverted to another business with a similar name. You know, it's not easy to make changes of name. A lot of people might now think of better names. I certainly can think of better names than Azrites, but I've chosen it and there we are, That's I'm stuck with it. So it's not so easy to change names. Trademark registration of the name rather than the logo is the way to protect your intellectual property assets. Registration locks down the name while you develop the logo and other brand identity for it. What you don't want is to go to the trouble of having the name checked out only to find that someone else applies to register it or begins using the name while you're still having your brand identity designed. You see, the thing is, there's no way you can claim rights in a name just because you thought of it first or you know, you're going to use it. If you're not using it in your business, then you can't stop somebody else taking the name. So what's the learning from today's episode? Well, they're all interrelated. Basically, customers find you by looking out for your brand name. So making sure that this identifier, this badge of origin is distinctive to you and memorable is crucial. Over time, your brand will develop a reputation. It will also be associated in the minds of your consumers with things like the quality or value of your services, the fashionable nature of your goods or their exclusivity. So it's important to register your rights in the name to make sure it's firmly yours. The key to success in business is to differentiate your offerings from that of others in virtually everything you do. I mean, just think of Steve Jobs and, you know, think differently and look at what Apple has managed to do by precisely that, thinking differently. So, you know, differentiate yourself. Descriptive names make your brand generic. A name is only suitable for you if it can be yours. So do thorough due diligence checks on a name and be risk averse when it comes to choosing one. A new name contains the value that your business generates. It's expensive and disruptive to have to change it later. So try to get it right at the very beginning. And if someone else beats you to the punch and registers your name as a trademark, it's going to be extremely expensive for you to fight it out. Much cheaper to have registered your rights because it puts you in a stronger position to fight if someone else encroaches on your rights. You know, the fact that you have registered rights 
puts them on notice of your rights and you're in a much, much more powerful position to get a good settlement than if you hadn't registered and were first to use it. In next Friday's podcast, episode 45, I interview Paul Mitchell, who is an authority on franchising in the UK. He is a seasoned entrepreneur, franchiser, and also fellow author of the book, Franchising Freedom. If you've listened to the podcast to this point, please do like, share, or rate it. If you have an important message to share that would be relevant to listeners, then do connect with me and let me know. You can find me on most platforms, but perhaps the best one to use is LinkedIn. 